Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Fine, the empty ramblings of a 20-something in hopes to find something therapeutic. I am your host, Chastity. Yes, if you can hear the laughing, that is Ruger, <laughs> who apparently is co-hosting today. Um, if you hear any dog noises, it is um, from the stylings of Ruger and Maverick. Also, if the sound quality is not great, it's because I did not bring my microphone with me, so we're just recording on my laptop because I am not in the state of Florida at the moment. I am in the state of Kansas visiting my best friend, Miss Allison DeMeyer, who is an incredible human being, and Ruger is, like, laying on top so Allison lives here in Kansas um, she's my best friend we met in college we bonded over um, having dead parents which I feel like seems to be a theme on this pod um, <laughs> um, but both her mom and my dad died in the same year before we had even met each other which is insane um, the, the crazy how that happened um, but I will give her an intro, a, a chance to introduce herself. So, Allison, t- tell us who you are. What? Tell um, us about yourself. Okay. Uh, well, Chastity introduced me nicely. Um, my name is Allison, and I live in good old Kansas. Um, lived here my whole life. Um, I work in the medical fields. I won't say specifically where, but I work in eyeballs, so that means that my days are never boring, always interesting. Um, I don't know. What else do you want to know about me, Cass? What do you want the people to know? Uh, tell, t- how is, how is, okay, so I told her, I, I give most people, like, the option of, like, what the subject should be over. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not give Allison the option. I told her we were talking about stability, and she did laugh at me. I did. I said. <laughs> because to me, she is the icon of stability. <laughs> and I was like, oh, honey, it is a front. It is a hot mess express back here. I guess my question would be, what what makes you think I'm stable? Like, what qualifies in your mind as stability? Um, so let's look at the, let's look at the baseline, okay? Okay. So you have a very stable full-time job where you make more than minimum wage. True, true. Um, which has pushed you to actually pursue a career in that area, um, which is a very stable career choice, <laughs> I feel like, rather than, like, the things arts. that I, yeah, the arts. <laughs> where we start, where I started out, the arts. Um, uh, you live in a home with your boyfriend long-term boyfriend who we know you're going to marry um you have two dogs with him yeah um and you guys have worked on this house since you've got it so i feel like if you're doing like home home built projects together i feel like that you know builds builds a bond yeah i mean if you can't if you can't like build something together You guys seem to have a very solid schedule of things. You didn't kill each other too badly when you were in quarantine together. No. no I feel like in quarantine, I feel like, made her broke. Sir, we told you, once you got out of this spot, you were not getting it back. Yeah, he's trying to come back. It's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like quarantine really did, like, make or break a lot of people's, mm-hmm. like, relationships because you weren't able to, like, 
leave your house. So, you know, whoever was stuck in there with you is who you were stuck with. Yeah. Um, to be fair, AJ was traveling for like half of quarantine still. Like his was job really? still, yeah, his still his job still made him like travel. So from like all of April, he still traveled, and then in like late May 2020, June 2020, they started doing where they'd work for two weeks and then they'd get to work from home for two weeks. So I mean that, and then he lost his job in July. So once July hit is really when we spent a lot of time together. And like, we'd never, which wasn't even the thick of quarantine. No, it wasn't. But like, that was the most time that we'd ever spent together because you know, when I I was in college, he was traveling. When we moved in together, he was still traveling. Mm -hmm. He was gone every day, but two days a week. And, um, so July, August, September of last year, were definitely a learning curve in our relationship. But look at you. You came out in the end stronger than ever. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> you aren't you don't even have an apartment together. You have a whole house. A whole house. Yeah. With two large dogs, one of which stepped in poo like thirty minutes oh ago God. and we had to clean up everything. So. The joys of adulthood. <laughs> Truly. Having dogs that Truly. Okay, it gets older, I see. Yeah. Okay, so we've established God, stability. Oh, God. Rook, please, stability. I'm begging you. I'm begging you to stop. You're, stand, you're standing on the charging cord. <laughs> Stay here. I think that this is just going to have to be how things are. It's because he wants to sit on top of us, and that's not going to happen. He's not a lot but, dog. Okay, so stability to you means that I have a stable job. I have a house. I have a stable relationship. You seem see face value. It does look exactly. like that you're you're pretty freaking stable, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean Oh god, uh, now Maverick is getting in here, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I mean, I guess yes, there is a level of stability. Like I definitely like I'm not worried. I'm I have a lot of privilege in the fact that like I'm not worried are we gonna have a roof over our head for the next sixty, ninety days to a year. Mm-hmm. That is a guaranteed. Like AJ would never let us go without a house over our head. Um, God bless that man. Um, I never worried about, like, are we going to have enough money to buy food? Like, you know, those basic things, like, the basic needs are met. And You guys are decent at budgeting for that. uh, AJ is decent at budgeting. (laughs) I, like, struggle along. That's definitely, like, part of where my instability comes from. She says looking at the 11 books she bought today. (laughs) Yes, I am. That's the that's where the instability comes in. I am definitely not financially stable, like at all. AJ is financially stable. Is anyone I, besides AJ financially? I feel like that's something that we all kind of struggle with. Is I mean, like, when you make a lot of money, you're financially stable. Like he makes I guess that's fair. double what I make. So to be fair, like if we were both on my, on the same income I make, I think that it would be different. But. He's also, like, much less impulsive than I am. Like, he... On the move. Um, he's not an impulsive spender. Like, he right. thinks about things before he buys them and, like, is like, okay, I want this thing. I know I have the money to buy it. Let's buy it. Or, hey, like, I shouldn't buy this thing because I need to buy X other thing. Big thing. But um, I am not. I'm very much, like, the buying things gives me the dopamine. <laughs> Ruger. Yeah, I understand, Ruger. Buying things gives me the dopamine, and uh, so, like, I like to buy things. Things make me feel happy, and I think that's because I grew up, like, without things, like, without being able to afford things. Now I can afford the things, and I want the things. (laughs) Ruger. 
what? stop it, buddy. You were laying down, and so is he. What is to be mad at? Yeah. Oh, and that's another, I mean, I think that's part of why we are able to be as financially stable as we are, is we don't have actual children. I have dogs. Which I feel like is very much the standard for our generation now yeah. as well. I mean, like, there's people who obviously still want children, like my roommate Anna wants children, our friends want children, neither of us want children, children now. <laughs> Allison even went the extra mile to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I did. Which... Uh, contributed greatly to my mental stability honestly i'm sure like i was definitely having like panic attacks and not sleeping before i had my hysterectomy because i was so like scared well i mean it's not even just like being safe from the fact of being pregnant it's the fact that your mom also had cancer it's ovarian cancer is what she had yes no No. she had breast cancer breast cancer we have the like genetic mutation that is like so there's three types of cancer that are encoded in genes like most of them are not genetic but there are three types that are there's a, col- a variety of colon cancer there's breast cancer and then there's one other that I think is neurological um and we my family has the BRCA1 gene and it's like super prevalent like I had a, I have it my mom and my aunt both have it it was passed through my maternal grandfather which in order for it to be passed through the male line is really rare mm-hmm. um my mom's cousins, like, a bunch of them have breast cancer. A bunch of them have ovarian cancer. Like, it is very much, like, on that family tree. It, like, lights up like a Christmas tree with that gene. So, and with ovarian cancer, even if you screen for it, like, which you should all be screening for it, uh, it's still, like, you could screen for it, but then it just comes on really fast, and it's unexpected. So I was getting, like, uh, ultrasounds every six months, and it was still, like, nerve-wracking because my doctor told me like point blank she was like in between it could come like it could grow yeah no like all of these things like you get when you see a problem I feel like you are the one who gets things done the fastest of my friends mm. which I think also contributes to my idea of stability with you yeah um what are I know that I pointed out the things that I see with you that make you seem stable mm-hmm. what 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 would you say counter that? Like, oh, what do you okay. think makes you well, instable? Well, I mean, we already talked about person. my financial instability. Right, right, right. Like, definitely. I mean, I pay my bills every month. That's, That's never a question. But, like, I don't really have anything saved. Like, the money that is my bank account is the money that I have. Like, I don't have, like, a, like any money from my parents or anything like that. Like, what I have in the bank is what I have in the bank. And if that's ever depleted, then that's what that is. Um, and that's kind of nerve-wracking. Like, if you get in an accident or you have a medical bill that you have to pay for and all of a sudden that's gone. And I mean, I, from what I've heard, that's pretty like common for our age. Our generation is like, they always say, well, you should have three months worth of your pay saved up. I mean, I could do that, but in order to do that, I would have to basically not do anything that brings me joy. Like I would just not spend any money. I would go to work. I would come home. I would maybe read all the books I already have or watch some TV or things like that. Like, I could do it. I could save that type of money, but I would be really unhappy. Really I think unhappy anyone who would do that would be very unhappy because it costs money to literally do anything. Even if it's as small as going out to eat to change up your routine of things mm-hmm. if you're someone who eats at home every single day. Because even, like, that small thing is something because, like, you live in Kansas. I live in Florida. For me, it's like going to a theme park, right? Yeah. That's an easy thing for me to do. But, like, not everyone has access, obviously. Yeah. 
So well, and like here, it's like I mean, yeah, we could go. There's a lot of like parks, like you can go hiking mm-hmm. and fishing and like things like that here. But even like this, the city lake and the city I live in, it's fifteen dollars for a fishing permit and it's fifteen dollars for a kayak permit. That's a yearly permit. There are permits for kayaks. Yeah, it's a really popular thing in our like area because it's a really small lake, so mm-hmm. you can't have anything bigger than like a bass boat. Okay. Out on the water with a trolling motor. Like what you is, can't have what is a bass boat? The bass boats <laughs> are the ones that are like flat and then just have the little motor, like not the big one, but the little tiny ones that go in the water. Kind of like the, a rowboat but with a motor on the back. A little bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um and they're flat bottom so they can go in smaller, like lower water areas. Is that to make and fishing a little bit better than if you were in a kayak? Yes, it's more stable. Like they're bigger. Whereas, like, you can fish out of your kayak. AJ sure. has a fishing kayak that's literally big. Is that what's in the garage? There's two. There's oh. my kayak and his kayak. <laughs> but, yes, the one that's sitting on the ground is his. And, like, I don't fish when we go, so my right. permit costs $15 a year. Whereas his but, costs 30 because he fishes. Yeah, but, I mean, there, you can do that, but that's still, that still that's costs money. money to go and do. Well, I mean, you could even argue that even if you were to, like, go home after a day at work, there are still expenses if you want to watch TV, if you want to have cable, if you want to... Have, have streaming services if you have internet now like they're everything costs money now and like so no matter what you're doing no matter how much you save you still have some kind of an expense and like even if you're saving money by eating at home you still have to spend that money in order to you know cook yeah and things like that so that's definitely like one of my big instabilities is mm-hmm. being like financially unstable and I think like it's just I'm definitely better off than where I have been in the past like financially but I just don't have any form of safety net like saved like if something were to happen like what do you think has made you better at becoming financially stable the fact that I make $18 an hour that point blank that is it like a year ago I made $13 an hour so money does buy you happiness (laughs) I mean to be quite honest yeah like when I made minimum wage in college and I only got $100 a paycheck like Mm-hmm. I don't know how I ever made that work, but apparently I did. Um, probably because we know we ate ramen and, like, the majority of our money was spent at bars, but they were college right. bars where you paid $4 for a double. Right. Like, I don't a go dollar out. Shot. Yeah, like, things like that. But when I started, like, I have a car payment now. Like, I pay part of the bills for our house. They aren't – AJ definitely pays more. Like, we don't split it 50-50 because – he makes so much more than I do. Right. Um, but I pay for a certain percentage of things here, which, you know, costs money. And when I was making $13 an hour, I would – I had maybe $100 in my savings account every so often. Um, but now that I make more, well, I was able to start taking classes. Like, I'm able to do more things for sure. So, I, I mean, yeah, more money – is actually better, I think. I mean, like, it makes things more comfortable, for sure. You're yeah. able to do a little bit more. And, like, I I mean, like, whoever said money can't buy you happiness, I mean, are you kidding yeah. me? I mean, like, sure, you can't, like, purchase, like, dopamine or whatever, but, like, it makes you more comfortable. That way you're able to enjoy more things. purchase things that give me the dopamine, though. Exactly. Like- <laughs> it makes you, it just, it increases your level of comfort with life, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, well, I think there was a study that came out in the last two to five years or so that says that, like, yeah, money can't buy you happiness, but, like, people who earn up to, like, $75,000 a year, like, that, at that level, they're comfortable and they're happy, and past that, then they say it starts, like, it doesn't matter how much money you make. Like, 
that is the base level where like it makes you happy and past that it doesn't increase your happiness right I don't know I think I'd be pretty happy if I could you know buy a car in cash like that would be pretty I'm not gonna pretty I'm, I, I have my last car I did basically do that so but I mean I also I I do have multiple dead people in my family who have contributed to that. And then I was also like, I am moving to Florida. I didn't need to, but like I was getting to a point where like if I wanted the most back from my car as possible, I was like, I'm moving to Florida. I want a safer car because I'm going to be with unsafe drivers. That's all we've talked about this weekend, I swear, is like how people drive. (laughs) You are the worst. (laughs) It's so bad. And I mean, like here in Kansas, like, I mean, like you can sit here and say it's bad, but like once you live somewhere that has been like like you have tourists who don't know what's going on compare like with people who like need to get somewhere at a certain period of time yeah. and then you have the, the chill people who are leaving with the right amount of time i try to be that person then it does get a little bit more hectic oh yeah so like alice will be like i'm so i'm so sorry about this crazy drive I'm like girl this is nothing yeah i mean that's very true in wichita here's the thing i think in wichita it's different because it is a like quote unquote like I guess you could say major city. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the biggest city in Kansas. And people drive like idiots. But most of the time, it is the people who aren't from Wichita who are coming to Wichita for doctor's appointments, family, mm-hmm. whatever, versus the people who live here on our day-to-day. And the people who live in here on our day-to-day, we basically just commit crime all freaking day long. Like, no one drives the speed limit. The speed limit is a mild suggestion at best. Especially the commuters. Like, commuting traffic... The fast lane is only for crime. Only for crime. I just don't touch I-4 in Orlando. I just can't. <laughs> if I touch I-4, I think that's a death sentence. That's where the worst things happen. Yeah. Um, but we talk about yeah. financial instability. What are some other areas that you feel um, like you don't, you don't like I mean, exhibit stability? I mean, definitely, like, my mental health is not always the stablest, and I think that has to partially do with my job. So, like, to me, being you work stable, some crazy I sometimes. do work some crazy hours. Like, I definitely do not absolutely do not have a good work-life balance like if I have to be at work because of where we live like if I have to be at work at 7 30 I have to leave my house by seven o'clock at minimum in order to make it on to work on time if we're working at the office all the way across town then I have if I have to be there at 7 30 I have to leave at 6 30 so that's an hour and then even if I'm getting off at 5 p.m which doesn't always happen like the mm-hmm. other night I left work at 6 I left work at 6 p.m. and I got there at 8 a.m. I don't work as crazy hours as I used to, but definitely there is not a good work-life balance. Like, before September, I had taken off six days. I don't know how you did that. Like, in nine months, I took off six days from work. And most of them were so I could go to the doctor. Like, I could go have an MRI or I could go get my COVID vaccine. Right, like, because, like, you have weekends off and that's when medical facilities are, you know, mm-hmm. closed. So, yeah, so like, I feel very lucky to have my days off on weekdays. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I do miss about working in, like, uh, not 9 to 5, like, Monday through Friday job. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, having two guaranteed days off is also really nice. Right. But I definitely do not have a good work-life balance, which to me would be more stability. Like, I, <laughs> it's just not. I give, like, my – I'm too stressed at work. Our job, like, even though I make more than minimum wage, and I don't want to sound ungrateful because I definitely am. I mean, a year ago, I made $13 an hour, and they looked at how much I did versus how much I was paid, and were like, oh, you are being grossly underpaid. And I was like, you freaking think? You're the ones who suspended raises during COVID. 
I'm still I being remember that. paid the right yeah. I was paid when I was hired as a technician. And now I have been here for a year and a half and no raise. And the only reason why I make what I make now is because the company um, is trying to t- stay competitive. But mm-hmm. I make the same amount as someone who started in December. Which is so annoying. You should still be making more as a race where you're being there for yeah, like 20 an hour or something. Yeah, you do uh, so definitely. much for the doctor you work for, too. Yeah, like I do a lot. I mean, we all do. Like our entire team, like we definitely all try to pull our own weight and like contribute because otherwise things just don't get done and everybody's really stressed out. Mm-hmm. But I don't have good work. I was going to say, the only issue with that is, like, I feel like with that job specifically, it's hard to create some kind of solid work-life balance. There's no way. No way. way. Because, like, I can't just at 5 o'clock be like, okay, well, I'm leaving. I'm supposed to – my shift ends at 5. I'm leaving. I can't do that. Mm -mm. If we have six more patients sitting in the lobby, I don't just get to leave. Somebody still has to be there to see the patients. Or if I have to return a phone call and the patients weren't done until 5.30, so I did that the other night when I was there till 6. I didn't get a chance to call this person back, so I called him back at 5.45 p.m. and he sounded very shocked to be talking to me at 5.45 p.m. I know I would be shocked if a doctor's office called me after 5. Yeah. I'm, and I do it all the time. I've There are multiple times where I've called people after 5. I've called people after 6. Dang. Like, because I've been there. Like, That's when we commitment. were seeing 60 patients a day. You're working 12-hour days. And so we, I mean, that's what we would do. We just have to wait until people are done in order to call. So if you, if there's no way for you to have a good work-life balance, because I'm like, I feel the same way sometimes because, like, my schedule is never the same. Like, Mm -hmm. every time there's a new schedule drop, I might be, I mean, it's fine when, like, both of my locations that I can work at are open, because then I should be able to get the time that I have requested to start work at. And I had that for a solid two weeks and it was so nice to have like a regular thing. But then one of the locations closed down. So now I'm only working at one of them. Um, and they have to cram all those people into one. So there's no chance that you're going to get what you want. No. Um, which is fine. It's what I'm used to from previous locations within the company. But it's like, what's your, what would be your advice on like, or what is it that you specifically do when you cannot maintain work-life balance? How do you find that peace of mind? How do you recover from that? Um, like you have to have some type of hobby, like for a really long time. Um, like I didn't do any of the things that I would consider hobbies. Like I wasn't reading, I wasn't sewing, I wasn't like playing video games. I wasn't doing anything. I'd come home from work. I would sit on my couch, especially when AJ was gone. I would sit on my couch. I would watch mindless television for five hours. I would just sit there, scroll on my phone, and then I'd go to bed. And I would just rinse and repeat. And it was just kind of like being at the mercy of my job almost. Like I am so physically, emotionally, and mentally drained from my job that I can't do anything besides mindlessly scroll. And I still have days like that. There are days where I come home and I just sit down and I get on TikTok and I just eat my food, whatever it is, and then I scroll. And I scroll and I scroll and I scroll and I scroll and I look up and it's 11 p.m. But definitely, like, for me, it's been rediscovering hobbies that make me happy and, like, making those a priority in my life. So at night, now, um, AJ goes to bed at, like, two hours before I do. He goes to bed at, like, 9 o'clock. And when he goes to bed, um, I will also go to bed and I will put on a ca- – I will, like, light my candle – I will either put on TV and, like, watch a TV show that I want to watch that I know he doesn't want to, 
or I will read a book or something like that. Um, or sometimes if I'm just really not feeling it, I will just scroll on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, um, for until 11 o'clock and I have a little alarm set for 11 PM. And when that alarm goes off, I start trying to like shut down and go to sleep. And that has definitely, like, I really have come to value those two hours at night because it means I get to do something for myself. I'm not, because especially with my job, my job is definitely very, like, you give everything of yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. Like, you, in order, I think, in order to be good at the job that I do, you have to be willing to give as much of your energy as possible to whoever's directly in front of you. And that's just the point of it. Like, there are some people I see at my job where they're just coming for their yearly checkup. We say, everything looks great. Your condition isn't progressing. You look good. Goodbye. We'll see you in a year. There are other people where we have to sit down and have the conversation with them and tell them, you know, the reason that you can't see is because your vision is gone. And those dark spots that you see are never coming back. The optic nerve is dead. There's nothing that we can do we're really sorry. We are just going to have to find the, figure out the best thing that we can do for you at this current moment. Mm-hmm. And more often than not these days, those are the conversations that we're having. Really? Yeah. I, I, that's the most common thing right now. Well, here's the thing. Everybody's going blind. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's why. Here's my, this is my hypothesis of why. So during the COVID shutdown, uh-huh. our company shut down mm-hmm. and the doctor that I worked for said, absolutely not. I'm not going to sit at home because the nature of the, so there are, the condition that I like work in, you can go blind in like very quickly. Like it is a very progressive disease. And if you don't treat it, then it gets out of control. And then it's really hard to put it back under control. I mean, I remember you telling me stories about people who have like called and it's like, if you don't get here in the next eight hours, you will not receive like any vision again. Yeah. Yeah. Like basically like there's a condition called acute angle closure glaucoma where, um, basically the drainage system of your eye gets plugged up mm-hmm. and closed off, and your pressure goes from normal, which is 10 to 21, to like 60 or Is 70. that what that tube thing was you were talking about earlier helps treat? It can, yeah. <laughs> yes, it can. So basically, um, <laughs> what happens in your eyes, there's not enough space. Mm-hmm. So things get too crowded, so then the drain gets plugged over, and your pressure shoots to 60. And when your pressure is that high, you can go blind in a day. Like, your eye is not meant to handle pressure of 60. You can go blind very, very quickly. In that situation, if somebody comes into our clinic with that, the doctor I work for leaves in the middle of the day. Like, over our lunch hour, we'll go to the surgery center and do an emergency surgery for them and then come back. And we have to tell patients, like, hey, she's not here. She's doing emergency surgery. And you just have to be okay with that. And if you're so not you would okay want her to waiting, be there for, exactly, if there was an exactly. emergency. Like. <laughs> and we have a lot of our patients who were that emergency patient. And so anytime that and we so tell like, them, we're really sorry there's an emergency, they're like – that's fine. I'll be here when she gets back. It's fine. And then there's other people who are like, this is really inconvenient for me. Like I took off this much time from work and I need to be back at this time. Sorry. Schedule. So sorry. Those people really like get under my skin and like really tick me off because like if you were having this problem, you'd want your doctor to respond in the same way. Oh yeah. Like you'd want them to drop literally everything that's going on and take care of you. So why can't you have the same consideration for other people? But your hypothesis why people are going okay, blind. Okay, so my hypothesis is why people are going blind. Because that situations like right, that occur. Right. The doctor that I worked for during the shutdown, like the entire state shut down for the month of April, basically. Right. And the doctor I worked for said, we're not shutting down. I want to still continue seeing emergency patients, like patients right. who need to be seen immediately. Because, you know, we still had patients who we were really worried about them. Like, right. We were like, you may need surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we went from seeing 40 patients a day, 40 to 45 patients a day, to seeing 20 over three days a week. And we had to sit down and go through every single day and pick out the people who were quote-unquote stable. Dang. And then call them and say, hey, we'll call you back later. So my hypothesis is, is during that time from April, because we were on a reduced schedule from April until almost June. Mm-hmm. Over those two months, if we were seeing 40 people a day and we went from seeing 40 people a day to seeing 20 every three days, like 60 a week, that's a lot of patients who just kind of got lost. Yeah. And we had lists of people who we needed to call and get back on the schedule, and they did. But I think that during that shutdown, what happened is people who, if we'd seen them at their normal time, all we would have had to do was change their eye drop or do a laser procedure or do something really benign for them. But to because fix a bigger problem that's coming. Yeah, to fix up their problem because, okay, your goal pressure is 13 and your pressure has been 15 for the past three visits. That's not bad, but over the course of a year to two years, that's going to do some damage. Sure. So we should get that under control now. Well, we didn't see them for a long time because of the pandemic. People were scared to come into the office because the majority of our patients are over the age of 65. Like, a lot of factors. So now we're seeing people who we haven't seen since 2019. And their pressures are okay-ish, but they've been above where they should be for a long enough time that they've caused additional damage. And now we have no choice but to do surgery in order to preserve Mm -hmm. whatever vision is remaining. So people who just needed, like, minor treatment now are needing surgery because they've gone unattended for so long. But, I mean, there was nothing you could do. No, there's no, there's nothing you could do. There was nothing you could do. No, and especially for a lot of people who were scared to come into the office until people were vaccinated. Like, I fully respect that. Oh, yeah. But, like, I think a lot of people with chronic conditions, like, that is a a problem that has come up is people who needed minor tweaking a year ago – now have gone two years without being seen and monitored. And now minor tweaking is not going to cut it for the problem that's occurring. Yeah. I'm so glad you're pursuing this now as like an actual career. <laughs> Allison's going to become an eye doctor. I, I I would say what kind it is, but I don't think I actually know, nor well, will I think I would say it Basically, correctly. like there are, in the eye field, there are two, there's eye doctors and there are ophthalmologists. So there's optometrists and ophthalmologists. Ophthalmologists are like MD doctors and surgeons. That's what you're going to do. No. That's, no. that's who oh. I work for right now. And then there are optometrists who most people think of as, like, doing your glasses and, like, um, contacts and stuff. There are optometrists who work in the medical side of things mm-hmm. and see, like, the medical conditions. Like, on our team, we have a medical optometrist where she does not do glasses. She does not do contacts. All she does is see what their vision is. Like, our patients. Like, the same type of patients that the ophthalmologist sees. But we basically split our clinic into surgical and non-surgical. So she sees the non-surgical stable people who maybe just need their drops tweaked or something. And then if they need surgery or things are getting a little out of control, so I'll send them back to a surgeon. So it's kind of like... You're doing the optometrist. I'm doing the optometrist part, mainly because being an ophthalmologist requires 12 extra years of schooling, and I don't have the patience for that. Whereas optometry is a four-year degree. I think it's very stable of you to go after... (laughs) field in any form of being a doctor honestly well I mean like and you've been like you've had your fair share of medical moments oh yeah um I've sat in the hospital room with Allison DeMeyer for her lungs yes yes. um terrible (laughs) she is incredible levels of asthma yes um but uh I think, I think that that is like, I mean, like, and even though you're not state, even though you claim that you're not stable now, 
my eyes, I think that you're still very stable, even with the things that you've mentioned. Because I mean, yeah. so many people are financially unstable. Like, that's yeah. just, like, a thing. Um, nobody's good with their money. If they're good with their money, I don't even believe them. I think that they're lying to themselves. Um, I mean. <laughs> the people yeah. who are good with their money, I'm like, mm, what are you hiding? <laughs> you have a gambling problem. You, you're hiding something. Um, but, like not to normalize instability but like yeah. I feel like the things that you claim that you're unstable with that make you unstable um are actually common things that a lot of people like yeah. deal with oh I'm very sh- I'm, I'm sure. still standing I still stand my ground that you're the most stable person I know <laughs> I mean I I may be and in comparison to who I was I mean when we met or no when but we lived together when we were when we were in college nobody is stable in college college. you're not mentally stable you're not financially stable you're not emotionally not emotionally stable you're luckily if you're academically stable i will say that we were both academically Academically stable stable. there were some points in time where we were like fuck Fuck all of this and we just like (laughs) we're like what is the bare minimum i can do in order to get a b what's the bare minimum i can do to be involved in this sorority that i decided to be in you know i don't (laughs) I don't regret that. Though. I don't either. I, I don't. wanted to. I. I mean, like you and I are very similar in the fact that we just wanted to be involved in everything. I think. Um, well, it was definitely more of like I just didn't have any friends, and I was like, oh. "What is the best way for me to meet other people?" But then you get in so far, it's like I don't want to waste my money, so I feel like I need to like finish this. Yeah, that's well, all. It and was. it just like also like you realize that like at the chapter level, like they're really devoted to you as like a person and like mm-hmm. devoted to the sisterhood, but at a nationals level, like some of the things that they, the decisions that they make and things like that are not beneficial to no. the individual chapters. And like is whatever, but you know what? Yeah. We had fun. We made it through. I mean, I guess when you point out it that way, like I am stable, but I definitely just don't feel it. I feel like I'm a very erratic human being. Sure. And I mean, like when you throw school back into it, since you are going back to school, that does make things more difficult because I forgot how hard it was to balance school with things and it's opposite of what I was in college because in college it was full-time being a student, mm-hmm. part-time working and I had like three separate jobs sometimes. Granted, they were all over the place and so two of them were in Topeka. Um, but like I tried to drive to go there on the weekends. Um, but like now it's full-time working, part-time student, which is a weird flip. Mm-hmm. Um but I know that, like, because, like, I was stuck in points where it's, like, all I want to do is sit here and scroll on social media. I just want to put on a television show and not care. Yeah. I will say, honestly, being in school has helped me find some kind of focus for me to work on mm-hmm. outside of work. Yeah. Because sometimes I get back and I'm, like, I don't have a single hobby that I have the energy to put into right now. But you know what I have to get done? My uh, homework. homework. Yeah. Which means yeah. I have to do something else that challenges my brain. Exactly. Exactly. I definitely agree. And I think, I think like this conversation has just made me realize that like, honestly, I don't think anybody is stable, stable. No. Like n- not They're a lying single... to themselves. No. They are. no, no, no. Literally being an adult, like, uh, I mean, I, I'm about to turn 27. Yeah. You're about to turn 27. Twi- about yeah, to turn 27. So like, I'm very solidly in like my mid twenties. And to be completely honest, I never thought I would even make it to this old, like, honestly. So, like, the fact that I'm here is went into itself. Um, uh, but, and I mean, from the environment that I grew up on, the fact that I don't have a substance abuse problem, well, that's debatable. 
Debatable. It's not, it's not, I mean, like, I feel like a lot of people have substance abuse problems. Yeah. But, I mean, like, yours is very tang, if, like, yeah. from I what mean, I know. I do drink you a are lot. Not, but you've not been nominated as the the classic drunk of a friend group, so that's... To be unfair, though, I am also not in the group chat, not on the group <laughs> Snapchat, like, all the time. Like, it's whatever. You might ask AJ that question. He might disagree with me there. But, like, I definitely, it just makes you realize that, like, adulthood is basically all of us just going mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening I don't know what I'm doing but I'm gonna do this thing and pretend to do it this way and like basically put on a face and act like you know what's happening when really internally you're like alarm bells like uh I have no idea what's truly happening I can't believe you just summarized the point of this podcast I mean that it really is like <laughs> that's quite literally why I started it because like I feel like in your 20s like you're literally fumbling around trying to figure out what's going on no one knows what's going no, on not a single you can soul. ask anyone for advice and that's why I'm like I feel like if anyone like just tells a story about how they dealt with things or like how mm-hmm. they like that tends to be the best advice because once you gather up a whole bunch of different like information on like how different people handle different situations it at least gives you some kind of guidance on how Truly. to deal with things yeah because I mean like I had never known anyone who had been evicted from their place where they lived when I was evicted, and I just kind of had to go with it. Yeah. Um, granted, I was not the only one who was evicted during COVID times, but I mean, like... It was very sudden. Was like, just... I remember that. I remember it being very, very sudden. Yeah. And, like, I think this year in and of itself has taught a lot of us that, you know what, like, no one knows what's going on. No. Like, I think growing up as a kid, like, it seemed like everyone, like, you graduated college, you got a job, and everybody seemed to kind of, like, know what was going on. But now being that person, like being the quote unquote adult in the room, like you, you don't know what you're doing. No. Like at my job, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I know how to do my job. I know how to do my job well. I come home and I try to just like be a person and have relationships with people. I don't know how to do any of that. I don't know how to have stable relationships. And it's so difficult (laughs) when you're not in school anymore to make friendships who are adults if they're not at work with you. Mm -hmm. Like it's so hard. It's very difficult. I was, like, I was very lucky to have the people I had during COVID times, during quarantine, because every single one of my friends, except for, like, three people who I maintained friendships with and two of which who I moved in with, moved home. Yeah. I went from having friends who I was developing with to nothing Nothing. at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's definitely true. I would say all of the friends that I have right now, um... Minus like one or two people are people who I met in high school or college Mm -hmm. or are AJ's friends from that same time period who have now become my friends. Um, And like I made friends with one of the girls I work with. Um, I would say I'm on like an acquaintance level with the rest of them, you know, friendly level order. Like, you know, we hang out outside of work Mm -hmm. occasionally, but most of those people are people I've known for a really long time. And it's definitely hard to keep, like to keep up with friendships I would say oh, like, yeah, I, no. I'm not good at it and I know I'm not good at it like well, I mean let's look at you and I we have not seen each other in a year and a half and true. I was just like I need to come down here and I need to see you period because yeah. I had not seen Allison since I moved to Florida like I mm-hmm. saw her like a week prior to me moving and, and that nothing. was it well, and, and then like every we time were you so... came back we tried mm-hmm. but it just it never like with my work schedule with where you were going to be and your schedule it just didn't there was no. there was no way I was going to work and, like, we are not the best at communicating outside of that. We'll, like, have a phone. I've, I have called you more recently because yeah. of, like, other things that are happening but in my like, life. But, like, even, like, but like before that, we would, like, call, like, maybe, like, 
once every six months. Yeah. Or like definitely. send a TikTok uh, every now and yeah. again. Send a text or whatever. Like of like, hey, here's this thing that's happening mm-hmm. or something like that. But like, it's not. And I'm the same way with other friends and like Corbin and I. Very re- Corbin and I have more recently than not been talking a lot. Once again, because of everything that's going on. But um, goodbye, Reaver. Um, <laughs> um, but um. It's, it's having adult friendships specifically with people who you do not live near is weird and it's difficult yeah. and it's very hard and definitely most I'm I'm also not good at maintaining like long distance friendships and um I think that's just because part of the thing like I come home at the end of the day and I have given every bit of my emotional energy to the patients at work which is why I think that your and I relationship is fine because you and I also are not offended no. if we don't reach out to each other for weeks at Spend a time. time. No. Because we know that we are still somebody who we can rely on, who we can talk to about literally anything, pick up wherever, and it's exactly. totally fine. Exactly. And we're not going to be offended about it. No. And I'm, I'm, I would say I'm that way with, like, all of my friends. Mm-hmm. Like, people, like, uh, one of my really, really good friends from high school, best friends from high school, she moved to Omaha. We talked a little bit in college. We talked a little bit when she first moved. And then same thing where we'd send each other occasional texts, occasional things like that. Over the last, I'd say, year to two years, she, like, makes a concerted effort to, like, stay in touch. Yeah. And I do my best to respond to her and, like, do all those things. And, like, I've told her in person, I'm like, I'm really sorry that I'm not the person to reach out. I was like, I just don't always have the energy to do it. And she's like, you know what? That doesn't bother me. No. She was like, because I know that even if – She's like, even if I haven't heard from you for weeks or months, if I reach out to you and I need something or I just want to talk to you, you will answer your phone. You will respond to my text message. She was like, it may not be immediately and it may not be mm-hmm. right away, but you always will. And I know that about you. And that's okay. She was like, that, that's okay for me. She was like, I have other friends who are more immediate and are more responsive than you. But I know, like, if push comes to shove, like, you will always be there for me. And I was like, I mean, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm – devoted to the people that I care about in my life I just am not like I'm so emotionally at the end of the day there are days I come home and don't even speak to the person who I live with I get that there are days I come home and I do not say a single word to AJ and he's like okay that's how it's gonna be today I guess <laughs> like, we love working in any kind of customer driven area so great everything is customer service nothing is not customer service anywhere no that's it like I, I don't even know I don't know what I would do if I worked at a job. Like, everyone talks about, like, their office jobs. You know, like, you see those TikToks. Ruger, what is wrong What's with you, honey? Chill out. Um, like, their office jobs, and they're, like, working from home, and they're like, yeah, I sit around and do nothing for six hours, and then I do two hours worth of work, and I'm good to go. And I'm like, how? I say that, but I do want a job like that. I mean, it would be nice, <laughs> but at the same time, like, I just, like, don't it's hard for it to compute in my brain because That's there are very rarely days where I don't have things I need to do. What are you... I don't know what's happening. I would equate this to purring since he's not even, like, focused on anything. He's just sitting on my lap, but... Yeah, I know. That's my washing machine. Ooh. Fun fact, if you accidentally don't pay attention to how you're balancing the loads in your washing machine, then it will shake your entire house. Is that a real thing? That's that's a real thing. Like, if you don't balance your washing machine drum, like, if you put too much in or, like, heavy things end up on one side or the other, and then it shakes, and it doesn't, like, spin nicely like it's supposed to, and then it shakes like that. And it gets off balance. So, fun fact, friends. (laughs) If you don't learn anything from me, learn that you should balance your laundry loads. 
You, also, I, I was like, that's one fact that I never learned while living with you. While living with her, you do get judged on how you do your laundry, though. Yes, very much so. <laughs> I am very much like, you should take care of your clothes because as much as I like buying clothes and I probably have participated too much in fast fashion, like, at least I keep mine for a very long time mm-hmm. and I use them until they're basically falling apart. <sighs> well, anything else you want to add today? I don't know. Oh, anything that you find like to discuss please. Oh my God. in regards to stability <laughs> I, don't, I feel like I've asked you every question I've come up with for yeah. this or thought how of do you, how do you stay stable the answer is you wing it you just try your best you thank you for the kisses Ruger. I really it. appreciate it that's all life is I'm convinced at this point it's just like winging it like no one knows or if you don't know ask your friends who know because like I know way more about the healthcare system and healthcare in general like from working in healthcare and from having like a lot of medical problems, I can help you sign up for your health insurance. I can tell you which one you should sign up for because I have A, That's worked great. on the healthcare side and B, been the person who's participating in it. You just ask people who like questions. If you don't know the answer, you ask people who know. That's smart. I mean, that's all, that's all you can do, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you this question, but I know the answer is going to be no. Do you have any social media you want to plug? <laughs> I mean, not really. I don't really post on that. We talked about this yeah. earlier. I don't, like, in college, I was very much, like, posted on social media a lot. And, like, since then, I just don't because, I don't know, I don't feel like I do anything exciting enough. Also, because, like, you know, you get out of college and then you have a lot of body image issues. Like, it's a thing. The only reason that I don't have body image issues anymore is because I lost 20 pounds and I had COVID. COVID, the best way to lose weight. Oh, it was terrible. Awful. <laughs> well, in that case, oh my god, Ruger. Ruger <laughs> would like to say goodbye. <laughs> um, our, our co-host here today, who was very, very well behaved, and now he just wants attention. Yes. Um, well, thank you, Allison, for participating in yeah. the pod. Sorry, this was just rambling. It didn't no. actually turn into anything about stability. I mean, I think that you answered multiple questions about yeah. stability and how you handle things. And I, if anything, we just learned lots of random fun things. Yeah, which is, I mean, every conversation with me. Ever. Truly, honestly. <laughs> well, thank you, Allison. And thank you, anyone who is listening to this. I hope that you too. Oh, my God. I can't talk while you're kissing me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope that you all tune in next time. I have no idea what we're going to talk about next. But... Or who, or who I'm going to talk to next. Don't know. Um, but, yeah. Thanks thanks for tuning into the pod. Sorry I didn't use a good microphone today. Okay, bye.